Welcome to episode number 26 of the Peaceful Power Podcast, and today we have an interview with Sarah Magdalena Love. Sunflower training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. All right, a little bio on Sarah. So Sarah Magdalena Love is a web designer and online marketing expert by day and a self-healing advocate, magic maker, and storyteller by night. Her two businesses, Sarah Magdalena Love, empowers female entrepreneurs by supporting them in building powerful online platforms, while her blog, Daydreaming Wolves, is all about healing, activism, and the good life. So today, I'd actually never met Sarah um, and had never spoken to her until our interview today, and let me tell you, it is magical. It is awesome. She is a wonderful human being, and I cannot wait to share with you today's interview. A quick note about today's interview. It was cut off after Sarah answered the last question, so the entire interview is there. It's just our goodbyes and wrap-up is missing. So the whole interview is there, just the final goodbyes. All right, so just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. So today I am here with Sarah Magdalena, and um, as I just talked about her a little bit before, she is here, and I want her to introduce you um, so you guys can get to know her a little bit more. So tell us a little about yourself, Sarah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I am a menu web designer, but I'm also a yoga teacher. Um, I do some life coaching sometimes. I'm someone who's really passionate about travel and well-being and self-care. So I love, love, love chatting about these topics with other women who run businesses. Yes, I love that. And tell everyone where you're located. I'm currently located in Portugal. Super hot, 42 degrees. Um, but I'm kind of traveling Europe, so because my two businesses are location independent, I'm a bit all over the place this year and last year, which I really love. So I spent some time in Berlin, which was amazing. Germany's my home country. Um, I've been in the UK this spring, and then um, I spent three months in Portugal um, at the beginning of the year, and now I'm back here. So yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so she is very well traveled. <sighs> Yes. So speaking of self-care, because that's something I'm super important um, that I try to do with everyone who I work with, because I think we as women, we don't always do a good job of taking care of ourselves. Um, So what are some tips that you have for people on making themselves a priority? Yeah. I feel that mindfulness is really important because I think um, it's amazing that self-care has become such a buzzword. I feel like Generally, all of us are kind of more aware of it being really important, and all of us want to make it priority, you know, the big thing on Instagram. And some people make fun of that, which I really think isn't quite fair. Like, I get that it's kind of a cliche to say, oh, just have a bubble bath, or have you been drinking enough water, that kind of thing. But on the other hand, I really think some people do need these reminders, and I think any way, any way that brings this more into our consciousness is great. And what I mean by increasing mindfulness, I think, is that it's important that we really kind of look at what what is important to us and what really works for us. So as an example, I think a lot of people are, um, you know, really into the idea of journaling, for example, um, or they really want to dive deep straight away into a quite intense yoga practice, but it isn't fitting into their everyday life. And even though it's an amazing idea for us, it might not be for that particular person. So I love mindfulness and, and the, the mindfulness that comes from journaling, for example, so much because I feel like 
it makes it clear to me what I really need in the moment and in that particular area in my life. And I think routines are amazing and sometimes it really takes time to kind of create positive habits, doesn't it? I really believe in this 40 days and doing the same thing. But at the same time, I think like it's really important to be a little bit flexible and to kind of leave some space for creativity and for reacting to different seasons and different you know, times in our lives and, and, you know, times in our businesses to kind of maybe be a little bit through it and change things up. But, yeah, just, just really kind of developing and, and nurturing that feeling of it being worth it and always being worth our time and that we deserve it. And it's not a luxury. It's really necessary to show up, um, you know, as the people that we want to be, as business owners or mothers or friends or lovers or partners. Anything we, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was beautifully said. Um, and I want to speak on that seasons of your life because I really like that. And I actually just did um, a recent, I did a Facebook Live on that. And I totally, totally agree with that. And I want you to kind of um, explore that more and like, what do you mean by seasons of your life in case people aren't familiar with that? And then like adjusting your self care to seasons of your life. I think people might not always, um, you know, see that. Like there might be times where you need to adjust and not just take care of yourself every day like you would. So can you speak on that a little? Yeah, sure. Um, so I mean, so, so as an example, I'm, I'm 30 right now. I don't have kids. I have a small dog, but it's not comparable, obviously. <laughs> um, and both of my businesses are location independent. So I can be super flexible. If I'm waking up on a Monday morning and I'm like, I'm not feeling this day, it's going to be a mental health day instead, <laughs> and there's no deadline coming up on Tuesday, you know, then I can make that happen for myself. Um, and it isn't all pink and fluffy, you know. I have, I'm facing other challenges. I do so much life admin right now. For example, like organizing my flights and like making sure my dog is covered and insured and <laughs> all so much stuff. But I'm not, you know, not really managing a family home. So it's a very different life situation and just a different phase in my life. And um, we might talk about being single later, but just to say, like, I feel. I feel it's quite a luxury or I feel a lot of pleasure right now in being single and being able to really kind of mindfully decide how I want to spend my time. And so when, um, yeah, after a breakup about two years ago, I started this business and I really made a conscious decision that this period of my life around my 30th birthday would be really for myself to set myself up for my 30s to really do some groundwork do a lot of self-development, just read books, you know, take time to myself and not feel guilty about it because I really know that I can be a better friend and a better family member um, if I do that. And I, I, I expect that, you know, the, the next relationship will, for me, be a lot more conscious and I will enter into it as someone else, you know, as not the same person that I will in my training. Yes, and I, you had the recent blog post all about that and, like, <laughs> staying single forever. Um, and yeah. I thought it was extremely honest and so open and just talking about your life. Um, do you have anything more to add about that? Because I just – I find that fascinating, and I totally um, – I know that it's, well, now that I'm, I've only been married a little over a year and yeah. um, have a child now, and I know that from when I went from, like, being single or just taking care of myself so much yeah. different, you know, like compared to now, like with a child, like I'm like, holy moly, I did not realize yeah. how, you know, how difficult self-care is, you know, and so I've totally, you know, kind of transitioned from 
being able to do whatever I wanted um, to, okay, I can't quite do whatever I want anymore. Um, And I love that you, like your whole blog post was just so open. Can you talk a little bit more for those people who are, you know, in their thirties and they're like, am I going to be single forever? And why that, that might be an awesome thing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So the book is titled, What If I Want to Be Single Forever? And it's been quite controversial. So I know it's been shared and read a lot. And of course, I was a bit nervous about it in the beginning. Totally. But I think, I think, yeah. And, and before I want to go into it, I really want to say I have so much respect for women that are mothers and partners. I think that's an amazing life journey. And having been a nanny um, to lots of different families in my early 20s and as a teenager, I really know like family life can be so hard and so rewarding and joyful at the same time and I, I really do write that to kind of reject that as a life path it's just a reflection on where, where I am right, right now and that's um, how I read it like I didn't I didn't yeah. read it like you were rejecting at all like I just that was your journey and that was your path and your choice yeah. and I I thought it was sounds awesome <laughs> thank you yeah so I wrote it because I was reflecting on my 30th birthday and kind of the feedback that I got around that time and um, especially, I think, with my extended family of people that don't know me that well, kind of come up with a lot of questions like, you know, why are you planning to settle down because I've been traveling so much and don't you kind of miss the opportunity to get to know someone and maybe build a relationship, which which I can do right now. I mean, it's silly to say I can't, but it's just not a priority right now, and I think I made that very clear. So these questions come, come up for me a lot. How will I ever meet someone if I'm traveling that much? And, you know, like, um, it's going to be hard maybe to get to know someone who's in a 9-to-5 job when I'm, when I'm not in my business location independent. Um, so I really kind of dug deep into that, and I wondered if, if I had gotten kind of stubbornly independent. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe gotten overboard. And I tried to really kind of, like, look inside myself and, and also be really conscious about the celebration of my 30th birthday, which another blog post so I went on a honeymoon with myself for my 30th birthday I love it (laughs) yeah I went into the desert had a beautiful beautiful time so my birthday um, was celebrated in Berlin Um, I invited my closest friends I went to the spa with my mom and my sister and then the next morning as if it had been you know the day after the big wedding I just uh, ran off to the airport and jumped on a plane and went to Marrakesh. And there were roses on the bed in my hotel room and I arrived. It was very, really beautiful. And I did a lot of journaling then. You know, and I just, yeah, so it's a coming back to that blog post. Sorry, I was kind of making a long story. No, I love that. <laughs> um, I think the core message really was there's nothing wrong with being single and, you know, really, really bring the mindfulness into what you do with your time and what you're making your priority. And I see so many women in my generation around me now freaking out about being single and wondering when they're going to have kids and just pushing for things that might not be meant to be right now. And I think that's such a shame because, yes, compromises are important and I'm ready to make them when the time is right. Definitely willing to do that for someone and I'm so open to fall in love. But I'm also really, really committed to myself and my well-being and the things that I've built for myself and really for myself first, you know. And I'm, I'm also happy to share them with someone, but it's not the overarching main goal. I'm not building this business to one day share that with someone else. And I want to share all the blessings I have, but it's just really where am I coming from with this and how, what am I inviting into my life and... 
Um, and yeah, and so in the last one and a half years, I'm doing all this traveling and building my business and seeing that happening um, and being successful with that, I just had so many moments where I was leaning back and looking at my life, and I was like, no, if this is all there is, if I'm literally never going to meet anyone else again, if I'm not going to kiss anyone ever again, it be it would be so worth living, and I'm I'm satisfied with many things in my life. You know, it's not perfect. I'm had worries to um, lost a client yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh no, <laughs> really love working with that person. And that stuff happens, of course. You know, it's not a fairy tale. But I just really had these moments of deep satisfaction, and I wanted to say that it's totally a valid option to be single forever if that's what you want to do. And if if it's not what you want to do, and it just happens to be a thing for like a decade or forever there's still so much stuff that really makes life rich and beautiful. And I think that's something that we're not being told enough as women. So that's why I wrote that. <laughs> yes. I mean, what's coming up for me right now is just self-acceptance and just how much self-acceptance you have for yourself and just kind of going with where, you know, wherever life takes you and, you know, not saying, because I think a lot of the times we think, okay, I'm going to be happy when X, Y, Z happens, you know, and yeah. you're really saying, no, I'm embracing and I'm going to be happy now, you know, and just yeah. living for today and, you know, not worrying about, oh, is this going to happen? Maybe not. Well, you know, and kind of planning your life around these fictitious, like could be fictional things that maybe mm-hmm. will happen, maybe won't. And I yeah. think um, definitely when I was younger, I kind of did that. I was like, okay, um, when I get married, when I have kids, you know, at the age mm-hmm. of 25, and that didn't happen, you know, but I think a lot of times we get these <laughs> ages stuck in our head and we're like, oh, I'm a failure because it didn't happen. I'm 25 yeah. and nothing happened. Now I'm 28 and I'm still nothing happened where I thought it was going to happen. I thought I was going to be married and having kids, you know, yeah. and so I think a lot of the times like just embracing that and just being, you know what? this is great. Life is great. Um, you know, I have plenty of time to get to know myself and I know one of the ways that you did that is through journaling. Um, Mm -hmm. so when you were in that hotel room, you know, what were you journaling about? Did you give yourself prompts or did you just kind of free flow? Like what, what was coming out? Yeah. So I, I generally have a daily free flow practice where I just write a day at the top. I write down where I am, which is very interesting because, you know, it's just a different, it's occasional all the time anyway so and then I just say what's happening in my life right now how do I feel um what do I want right now and Mm. what do I worry about and I sometimes use prompts for rituals like around a new moon or a full moon or if anything special is going on I love 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 that but usually I just keep a really low pressure I just open my diary go for it and what I find so helpful about it is that it really brings out kind of where you're going and what isn't working because I think, you know, it's so easy to get stuck um, and to not notice what the problem actually is. So so for me, when, when I'm rereading my diary of the last month and I see a theme coming up, I know where to pay attention mm. and I know where I'm going next. And so just for that, I think journaling is so, so useful. So in, in like someone who's starting a business, for example, if a lack of clarity keeps coming up and someone keeps wondering, I'm not sure for where should I focus, should I do web design or, you know, yoga the way I as I myself a lot of the time. Um, then I think you just know, like, clarity is something you need to focus on and then you can take practical steps to kind of invite that into your life and just stop making excuses for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's 
Oh, yeah. I think we can come up with tons of excuses. And, you know, I always love it when I, you know, I have clients who will do that, too. And then they'll be like, no, wait, that was an excuse. Like, they're, you know, because since I train people in there, like, they don't get their workouts in. And they're like, nope, that's an excuse. Like, that's on me. You know, and I love it when they can, like, they just stop mid-sentence and they're like, nope, that not going down that road. You know, and when they have that clarity and when you can see that, ugh. It's yeah. such a it's such a little like light bulb that was turned on. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's awesome. Yes. And the other I love about what journaling is that it really kind of also shows you where you've come from and how far you have managed to come. So I think sometimes if we are kind of spinning our wheels in self development and we're trying to really change our lives in lots of different ways at the same time, it can feel like we're not moving forward. But if you then look at that back of the journal like just three months back it's like a totally different deal and you're like yeah like I'm a mover and shaker I'm changing things it's cool (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yes do you ever do you like set a timer when you do it or do you just kind of go for however long I tend to go for however long because I'm really a shit morning person and I just know there isn't much else going on with me in the morning anyway. <laughs> so I get up at around 8, but I, I never kind of really fall asleep before midnight. I love reading at night and that just works for me. You know, that's just how my body works and there was some trial and error in finding out. But I get up at about 8. Um, I let my dog out, but depending on where I am, we have a good walk, um, I meditate, um, and then I uh, journal, and I try not to go online before the journaling is done, and I have to admit, it doesn't always work, but when it does, it's really, really good, I love just, you know, turning the internet, like, properly turning the Wi-Fi off at night, and then also, uh, you know, detaching or whatever the English word is called, detaching your mobile from the network as well. Yeah. And we seeing that as an incentive also for getting your morning practice done, whatever it is, even if, if it's working out or, you know, having a really big, big breakfast, I think that's something that sometimes really works well for me, having that incentive because I'm quite keen on social media. Mm-hmm. So if I can't take into Instagram yet, then I will get my journaling done. <laughs> yes, I can totally agree with that one. And I totally check Instagram. <sighs> usually right away in the morning myself so (laughs) yes no I love that because then if when you journal you're like you're not influenced by anything that you might have already seen that day or what was in the news like it's just you you know free-flowing and writing whatever comes to mind that's great yeah um so is there any like how do you get people to start like a journaling routine do you ever do that with clients that you have yeah, I do. So I have um, I have a journaling online course, which I really like. Um, it has a set of 10 kind of really short sessions to get people going. I really like the book um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, um, which isn't everyone's kind of cup of tea. I get that. It, it has quite a spiritual language, but I thought for me it was a really kind of good entry point and... I read it very fast, and I went straight into it. And it's interesting because the book is kind of, you know, she kind of touches, if you read reviews as well, everyone's like, oh, it's really hard, and like you probably don't have, it, have to give it three, time, three proper goals to get into this routine of journaling every day. And I just really straight went for it, and I never stopped, and I'm so grateful. So I think, let's stop saying, like, first, step, let's stop saying it's going to be hard. It's going to be really easy, and you're going to love it. It's going to change your life so much. <laughs> yes. And, and if um, and then the second thing I would recommend on a practical level, get a really 
um, relatively affordable but nice journal. Mm. Don't make it too posh or pretty. I know there's so much amazing stuff out there with like flowers and writing prompts in it, but if it's so precious that you not want, mm. you don't want to break it in, then it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And then as for an ink pen, I use a really simple Lamy ink pen, which is I think like 12 or 15 quid or something, but it has a really broad uh, tip and it has beautiful purple ink. And it's just a pen that I can, anywhere in the world, I can travel. It's such a big brand, so I get it everywhere if it breaks or I need more ink. It's just very practical. And I love it, and it's broken in for my hands, so it, it flows over the page very easily. Um, and it looks quite nice. So, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, and then start small. You know, maybe if it feels big and daunting, just do one page every morning. And mm. um, the, the artist's way, can, I think they recommend three pages a day. And if that feels too much, I think it's more important to just get started and be consistent than do three pages one is enough. I think that I definitely need to read this book because you are like the fifth person who's told me about this book like in the last few weeks. So I'm like, okay, clearly the universe is saying you need to go read this book and get it. Um, And I love those tips. Those are all like simple tips that we all can do. You know, the pen, I totally agree because I love colored ink. And so if it's like bright and pretty, I'm totally going to write. If it's, you know, black or blue, like just your average colors, eh. You know, mm-hmm. but like I broke my favorite purple pen and I was felt the same way. It fit perfect. And I didn't want to throw it away. Like every time I wrote the spray, it would literally pop open. The spring would pop open. Oh, no. And so my husband literally threw it away for me because he's like, this does not work. And I was like, oh, man, but that's my favorite. You don't understand. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm I'm in the search for a new pen. So I totally get that. Those little simple tips that you're like, wow, they actually they do work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so it can be that easy to start rather than yeah. that hard. Yeah. Yes. So in terms of you working um, with clients, I know that you help them kind of get unstuck out of their life. How do you mm-hmm. guys, how do you do that? Like, how do you help them get like a rock in life and get them unstuck from blocks they might be having? Um, I think to start, kind of really important to say, I have two different businesses and they work in very different ways. Yeah. So one is my web design and online business. And in that area, um, oh God, oh gosh, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been working in online marketing in my 20s, and it was really fast-paced and exciting and fun, but I ultimately realized that I really want to work with people who care about the stuff that I care about, and I'm also a yoga teacher, I really into wellness and self-development and spirituality, so I did B-School with Marie Folio last year in spring, about right. one and a half years ago, absolutely loved it really, really changed my life, and that's why I started working with women in the first, uh, second, and third year in their business, and so I coached them to really get clear on what it is that they want to communicate online, and then we built a beautiful website together, and we kind of map out a way of building their platform on social media, um, and my approach with that, I think, I hope, <laughs> is kind of to just build really with something very authentic, um, to look at the big best practice in the industry, but also really think about whether or not that's what you want to do. Mm. You know, there's so much stuff out there. We all know, you know, we all should be on, on Pinterest and Instagram and Twitter. And I, I remember a Periscope being a really big thing last year. Mm. And I thought, you know, as an online marketing person, I should totally go for it too. I did exactly one session. I totally hated it. It made me so anxious. And I just, you know, that was just such an aha moment. I was like, 
you know, it's so cool to know the rules of the industry, but then to really be mindful and, you know, think about what's working for me. And I'm not really, really going for Instagram because I love it. Twitter, not so much. It's mm-hmm. just so fast-paced, and I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Totally agree <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm doing in that area. And then I have a second blog, which is daydreamingworlds.com. And um, that's kind of, I, I don't want to say my secondary business because it's, really see that as a hierarchy in that sense but um it's more about life um feelings about self-care it's a bit about magic and rituals and just you know beauty and yoga and meditation all of that and it's, it's a lot more personal um i'm sharing a lot about my life and myself i'm writing my first book kind of really with the audience of that blog in mind right now um congrats and, yeah it's so exciting i'm working with a really cool Writing coach, and yeah, so it's called Sweet Liberation, and it's about practical things that we can do um, to change our lives, and it, it kind of came out of a sense of frustration and reading self-help books and feeling that they weren't very political, they weren't really thinking about things like access and privilege and, mm-hmm. and the political change that comes from being someone who's centered and grounded and, you know, who takes care of themselves and has something to give in the world and has something to say, um, which is really important to me. So, yeah, and with that, I'm not really coaching people one-on-one right now, though I'm thinking about that long-term um, because it's such a beautiful audience and it has grown really quickly. But right now I'm just mainly writing and I offer an online audio course um, for journaling and I'm currently working on a meditation course as well. So that's what's happening over there. Yeah, oh, man. You've got lots of stuff going on. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, how do you balance both of those businesses then, since they are similar but yet not? Like, how do you yeah. keep them kind of, like, how did you decide to go with two different routes rather than combining yeah. it into one business? Um, that was probably more an accident. I think in the beginning when I did B-School and I started out, my idea was that I would keep writing. So I had been a blogger for like 12, 13 years, a really, really long time because I always loved writing. And English is not my first language, so, you know, I'm not, there is some funniness going on in my writing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I just really, really enjoy it so much. And I think my readers, maybe they're just overlooking it. I don't know. But it's just <laughs> so, so in the beginning when I did these where I thought that I would just keep writing about my personal life on my web design blog and that I would attract the people that, you know, care about what I care about as web design clients. And that was a bit of, no, that wasn't really working, you know, because people were coming to my website for life advice, but I was actually wanting to build my web design business. So eventually I realized, okay, I need to split this off. And I don't have to choose if I don't want to, which is great. I think, you know, of course, we can't overwhelm ourselves. You really have to be, you know, choose your battles and think about where you want to put your energy. And mm-hmm. I think for me, two businesses, that really works. More than that wouldn't, definitely. Okay. Um, and in terms of managing the day-to-day life, I do notice that sometimes I, when I do work design client work and my day finishes, I'm, I'm kind of closing the book on that. I sometimes come to my other blog today during World Wars feeling more like it's playtime and it kind of gets a bit blurry. But I think that's not the end of the world because A, at this point, 
point in my life, I, it's okay, you know, to work on the weekend sometimes, even though I don't want to make that a common practice. And I really check in my, with myself to see if it's fun, if I'm enjoying myself, if I have enough time to work out and meditate and all of that. So I think that's important. Um, but generally, writing and then also writing for that blog, that really feels like me time. Mm. Like, it feels like processing life and sharing something that I'm thinking about. And I think that's just amazing. I think we just need to let go of um, this, com- you know, really kind of creating these different compartments in our lives of work and that play and that's my free time. That is easy to say. I know if you have a family, you need clear boundaries sometimes and you just need to really be like, you know, work is off now. And usually I, I do that too, especially with client work. But with creative work, not so much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get on, on the, you know, up on a Sunday and just like, today is the day of a new chapter, and I don't care if it's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got to go when the creative juices are flowing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of done the same thing. Like now, you know, before... You know, when I didn't have my son, I was like, I could work all day long and I was, I didn't bother me because I'm like, I love this. You know, and now with my son, I'm trying to stop, but because I do randomly stop throughout the day, just because he runs around and then I have to stop mid sentence sometimes, um, you know, like that's where I'm like, okay, I don't have no problem like getting up on Saturday or Sunday morning when my husband's home and I'm like, Hey, can you give me a couple hours? Let me finish X, Y, Z. And I love it. You know, like you just kind of just go with whenever the inspiration hits. So that's awesome to hear. And I also, I don't know if you do this on purpose or if you know that you do this, but you do (laughs) such a great job of like choosing the words that you're going to use and like the intention that you have behind them. I've noticed that throughout the interview today and I'm, I just love how you do that. Thank you so much. That's very kind. Yes. And I know that you have a little bit of a yoga background because I kind of want to switch gears into that. Um, And I know that you went to an ashram in Italy for yoga teacher training, which sounds amazing. Um, Can you tell us, like, how how was that? I've never been to an ashram. That's something that I actually do want to, you know, do someday. So how was it? Oh, gosh, yeah, it's really interesting because it's already been five years now. But interesting, this week I've been asked about this a lot. So really? <laughs> this, yeah. So the story is that I kind of started practicing yoga. Um, I think I went to the first class when I was about 14. And back then, it really didn't mean that much to me. I was enjoying myself. I liked the feeling in my body, but I wasn't really seeing it in, in a bigger picture. You know, I didn't really see the context as it being um, a cultural tradition from India. I didn't really, you know, do much meditation and all of that. But that came over time. And then in my early 20s, I was just, like, getting so passionate about it and realizing how much it had benefited me and how much it had contributed to my healing to have this practice. I've always been a home practitioner very much because I was, you know, living in different places. And also, too, I was not always having the money to spend on the studio. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of really committed to work at home, and I actually don't want to call it hard work, <laughs> to practice at home. But um, I decided to train with Shivananda because it seemed a really authentic school to me, not very commercial uh, and very holistic in how it trained us. And Ashram experience in Italy, I kind of picked Italy because it, it was the, I had a specific month in the year that I was easily be, being able to go off and they just happened to offer it in India, but they do offer it all over the world. And it's been beautiful, like really hard. I would say the best way to describe it, it was a beautiful but very hard surrender. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah, surrendering into this um, 
getting up at 5 in the morning, meditating and chanting for two hours before you have breakfast. Wow. It's so against anything that I would usually do in my <laughs> And then four hours of asana practice a day, sitting on the stone floor for, for another four hours to learn Sanskrit and meditate and okay. uh, and read the Bhagavad Gita. And that was so beautiful, but it was really hard physically. And also being an introvert, being around people all the time, mm. that was hard for me. And I think I was ecstatic the first week. The second week was the worst because you had so much to in front of you, but also, you know, you were you were getting really tired and exhausted. The third week was really good because suddenly you were kind of having the hang of it and you were like, I'm in the flow, it's cool. And then the last week was just really sad letting go of, of all these people who had lived together so intensely and then preparing for all the exams. And then suddenly it was over. And I think I left feeling that it was really just the beginning of training as a yoga teacher. I did then uh, take another year to just practice with friends and share my practice that way. And then I taught queer uh, yoga in Brighton for two years. So and that was a yoga class every Sunday specifically for the LGBT community in Brighton. And it was donation-based. And I think that was really one of my main goals going into the training because I noticed how hard it is from my community sometimes access these spaces both financially or because it just doesn't feel like you know it's speaking to us or someone else and I've not been teaching this past year because I've been traveling so much but it's something that I'm thinking about integrating into what I'm offering online and I think it's still very much who I am so I'm thinking a lot more than I used to about what it means to be a white yoga teacher and how we have to think more about cultural preparation and, you know, how we are, have what we're standing for and what the industry has become and what is authentic and, and yeah, so I really don't have answers to these questions, but I'm becoming more mindful to it and I also know that it's not for me to answer these questions really um, and I want to listen more to people of color who lead the way in, in that field and who are thinking and writing and, and sharing about it. So, yeah, but I, I, I'm not, I haven't let read, I didn't let go of teaching yoga, and this is something that's really close to my heart. <laughs> oh, I can tell that, yeah, especially, I mean, it kind of goes along with your book, and oh, that was yeah. awesome, <laughs> like very um, socially aware and just, uh, that's such a gift I mean just to be able to be conscious about that and um, you know knowing that and especially as you travel the world because I'm sure you meet people from all different cultures you know and you kind of have more of a probably open eyes to it just from the travel so I mean it's clearly something that's you know not just in the U.S. I feel you know very much the same way so I mean traveling all over where you've done I'm sure it's pretty much worldwide then that this is something that needs to be addressed so that's really cool Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any big takeaways that you got from the, um, your time there? Um, um, just how precious it is really to be given these tools and to have the chance to practice more deeply and a confidence, I think, and, and kind of holding that flame. That's something that I talked about a lot in the training, that we were giving this flame and then we have to pass it on and we have to keep it inside ourselves mm-hmm. and... I mean, life gets so busy, and it's, it's really hard to make the time every day, but I think, yeah, I think I walked away really, like, having a lot of respect for the organization and for what they've given us, and the sense that I really need to honor that in some way, yeah. Mm, that's awesome. 
So in terms of, because um, I always like to ask a few, like, workout-related questions, um, what does your workout routine look like on the road since you travel so much? Is it mostly yoga? Um, you know, what is what do you do since you do travel a lot? Yeah, I think it, it really, really depends so much on where I am right now. Um, when when I'm traveling in cities, it really is indoor yoga. Most of the times I'm traveling with a really lightweight mat and it has a subscription to an online uh, class system. Mm-hmm. And, of course, even though I could structure, you know, in my head, I could make my own class, but I tend to get really lazy when I do that. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, what do I really feel like doing right now? And that's cool, but I think um, I really also enjoy using that online platform because it introduces me to different teachers and different styles and it's just like sometimes you just have to be like, I'm just going to try something different today. And mm-hmm. I want to be taught what to do that also because, you know, we're managing so much stuff, having our own businesses. Sometimes I just want to be like, oh, like I'm just, I, I show up on the map, tell me what to do. <laughs> and I just do it. And that's really cool. So, but I also really like hiking a lot. So when I'm in Portugal now, I have really strong necks, which I love, and I should really put, probably pay more attention to my upper body. But I just love hiking um, with my dog in the mountains here. And, and then, to be honest, there's travel days where I don't work out at all, but I carry my bloody suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dragging my dog behind me, and I just fall to bed in night. I'm just like, that was a tough day. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah I just finished reading this book um, No Sweat and I always tell people I'm like we need to reframe what we think of in terms of workouts and what exercise in so I totally just dragging the suitcases around I mean that is a workout <laughs> but sometimes those can be pretty heavy too <laughs> yeah totally um, so in terms of your meditation practice like what is your usual meditation I know you said you did in the morning um, yeah. and I know a lot of people have a tough time kind of figuring out, okay, how do I start a meditation practice? Do I need to do it for half an hour? Do I have to sit in silence? Um, What does your routine kind of look like? I don't do half an hour usually um, because it seems daunting and it's a big chunk of time. Um, And I usually, at the moment, this year I'm having a phase of really being into guided meditation Mm. and trying different stuff. So I love what Gabrielle Bernstein is doing. I love her Ego Eradicator. That's like my favorite right now. What is it? um, Ego Eradicator. If you Google Gabby Bernstein uh, Ego Eradicator, it comes up as the first link. It's free. And it's just really cool because... She's chosen such nice background um, music for this meditation, and I'm like really, really into it just right, right now. I also like um, Sonia Shukad. Um Sometimes I work with Denise uh, Duffy Thomas, so really like different cool people offering guided meditations. And it really depends, you know, on what's coming up in my life right now. What 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 do I worry about? What do I want to put attention into? Um, I really like just sitting in silence as well, but I think it's not the easiest thing to start with, and and if it comes, if it's hard for you, then it's totally fine to just do a guided one 10 minutes a day. I think that's definitely better than dropping the thing altogether, yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's where I, I actually just started this last couple of weeks. I've done no guided meditation, which is the first time I think ever, where I've just yeah. meditated with like just background noise or music. Um, yeah. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I can, you know, sit. And I, I'm yeah. 
usually it's like under 10 minutes, 10 minutes or under. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just like four minutes in the morning. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself four minutes. Um, and I found that to be so kind of almost freeing. Like, okay, I feel like I can, you know, go between my guided meditations and my non-guided meditations. And I try to do it um, like I'm almost manifesting whatever it is into my life. So that's something that I have found that definitely is, um, you know, not being afraid to be like, okay, I'm just going to do it maybe two minutes, and that's all you do. Totally okay to do. So I love that you're like, half hour, don't have time for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's beautiful if you do have the time for it, but don't, you know, don't think that it's black and white and it can only be half an hour or it can't happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, So I just have a few more questions for you. Uh, My next one is something that I like to ask everyone. Um, And it is, what does peaceful power mean to you? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's really cool. Um, I mean, being powerful is amazing. And a mantra that I sometimes say to my friends is, remember you're cute and powerful. I think that's really nice. (laughs) Um, I think feeling powerful in everyday life is a lot of, it's a lot about, um, knowing yourself and knowing what you want to be in the world and how you can make yourself happy and then peaceful power I feel like it's kind of being in your power without being pushy right without thinking that you have to achieve what everyone thinks you should achieve or that there is this one goal that all of us have to reach and so yeah I think peaceful that's a really cool thing I'm so glad you asked me (laughs) 